Hello and welcome to Asphalt Coast to Coast. I am Chris, your host for this week, filling in for Gavro. Uh, he is currently off uh, doing a few home invasions, looking for a new place to lay his eggs to expand his dying race. Uh, this week, um, as always, I am joined with my lovable, headache-inducing co-host, Kevin. Hello. Hey, buddy. Uh, last week, we talked about why Azerite is essentially blood diamonds and how Blizzard can get really dark sometimes with their storytelling. However, this week, we are going to be talking about Warlords of Draenor, Legion, and the up-and-coming Battle for Azeroth, and what we feel Blizzard have learned going from Warlords through to Battle. And with that, when Coven got your raid team down, blame your healer all the way into this week's show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I am annoyingly chipper. <laughs> hmm. You know, the the one thing that's interesting about why Gavril is missing today while he's doing his home invasions, he actually, um, while he was uh, going in through a window, lost his pinky. Seriously, he lost another one? Yeah. I think it's like he's... 10 pinkies he's lost in the last year. <laughs> yeah, the, there's definitely, he keeps getting them sewn back on, so it's the same one. Just, mm. you know. I thought he was some kind of lizard person that just kind of <laughs> grew, grew them back. back. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to in game this week? What have I been up to? Uh, World of Warcraft. We cleared Heroic uh, Antorus. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm so happy. Um, we've got Coven on farm now at this point, so we're one, maybe two shot on them. Uh, went up to Agrimar. Oh, we killed him in six tries. Wow. That's just kind of impressive. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I was, quite, I was quite happy with that. Um, and then we five shot Heroic Argus. Uh, Argus. Wow. What are the main differences? Um, for Argus, the main differences is that in second phase, when the ads are up, uh, they reset. So the two melee ads will move around. Um, so they'll be up and then eventually they'll go back to caster ads and then another two will turn into melee ads. Oh, that's annoying. And on the last phase for tanks specifically, the cleave buff, the uh, debuff that he puts on you doesn't run out. It is there forever. It will keep stacking to the oh point where you will eventually be one shot. Um, we found out that I can take six of them and then be one shot and our druid tank can take eight of them and then be one shot. <laughs> wow. Like there's no getting past that six and eight mark for the two of us. We don't have enough cooldowns. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a lot of fun, and the nerdgasms upon killing it were amazing. It's been a long time since we've all had that general feeling of this was a really fun tier. So cool. we were all very, very happy. Um, Heroes, we've been playing a lot more of Heroes uh, uh, this week. I've just been getting back into the swing of it, trying to re improve myself again so i can get back up into that diamond tier because i've been failing and i've been trying and i'm hoping for next season that i'll get back up into diamond because i'm not going to get it this season i'm aware of it i've accepted this i will get diamond next season i'm happy with platinum for now okay uh rekindled my love for star trek online i just jumped in just one day just decided i'm gonna jump in and play and i did and then I just started leveling a new Romulan science officer, and I'm loving it. I'm just, it's just so much fun. It's, it's so it chill. It just sounds so boring. Uh, it's, I play it for the story. The story is just so beautiful in that game. It really is. Okay. 
Um, and D&D, I survived Gavril's first story arc. I'm actually the only <laughs> player character that survived Gavril's first story arc. <laughs> <laughs> so my, barba- my Goliath barbarian is still alive and he's happy. Well, no, he's not happy. All of his friends are dead. But he, he's, you know, he's there. He's, he's not dead. So there's that. And I'm starting a side story arc for my Circulus campaign tonight where I'll be playing a different character for the next couple of weeks. So I'm very excited for that tonight. Cool. What about you? What are you doing? Um, we, uh, raided this week. We still have not gotten coven down. Um, we were just, I don't know what was going on. It was just chaos. Every single time there was something going wrong. Um, I got tilted at one point. LB got tilted at one point. Everyone was getting tilted. It was just not fun. And we like ended 10 minutes early, but I, I think we need to institute if we're going to wipe on a boss for the entire night, we shouldn't raid for three hours in a row because it just gets fucking mind numbing. So here's what I'm going to suggest, because this is what we did. And it really sorted out our heroic progress. Cut down to 13 people. Oh, we were already at 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Because we were, when we're doing normals, we're, we've got like 20, 25 people. Um, and those taking those same people into heroic didn't really work. Cut down to your bare minimum, best of the best. Two tanks, mm. two to three healers, and the rest, a mixture between range and melee DPS. That's the best way to focus your progression because it doesn't scale. To, uh, you don't get additional mechanics uh, after. Uh, higher than 13. If you go into 14, that's when you'll start getting additional mechanics. So 13 is the best place to be hmm. uh, with uh, two to three healers. Depending on how strong your healers are, take three. If they're, if they are really strong, if they're like a paladin or a shaman or a discipline priest, take the two. But focus your group. Make sure you're taking the best of the best who know what they're doing and getting those mechanics down. If people are fucking up, drop them out. Hmm. Yeah, I see us maybe doing that or even going down to 10. But um, yeah, so did that. Uh, leveled up some of my High Mountain Tarin. Um, I'm playing with friend of the show, Arlie. We're both leveling up Tarins. I picked, um, uh, let's see, I picked the Warrior class. So I'm doing that. That's pretty fun. Um. <coughs> Sorry. And lastly, I've been playing a lot of Warframe, tons of Warframe. I'm like, I've looked at my hours played and it's staggering. <laughs> um, but yeah, the game, <clears throat> the game is just really fun. I found out last week that you can like, <clears throat> you can craft multiple things at once. So that's kind of a game changer for me. And I've been just having a lot of fun being a space ninja and shooting stuff in the face and slashing it with swords and uh, collecting loot and building stuff. And yeah, it's just really, really fun. I I wish that Diablo was like that. (laughs) I wish there was like a Diablo version of Warframe. That would be so super cool. But just by playing Warframe, you can tell how dated and antiquated Diablo is. I mean, I just think it's so much better in a lot of different ways. Well, it's, it's a different genre though. It's, um, you've got Diablo being the over the, t- over the, over the top, um, dungeon crawler. And then you've got 
the third person fast paced dungeon crawler that is Warframe. They both fit their niche. I think that's the best way to describe it. They both fit what they're there for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Lester feedback. Uh, we do have a message from Twitter. Um, from the lovely Arlie, friend of the show, at Arlie82. Uh, she says, uh, at Azeroth Coast to Coast, uh, also in Vol'jin's book, uh, in Zandalari atta- uh, the Zandalari attack, the temple where Vol'jin is recovering, which I believe is the White Tiger Temple, if I, or it's either the White Tiger Temple or the Shadowpan Temple, I can't remember which one, uh, is recovering, and there's some interesting foreshadowing going on there. I haven't read this book in years. I'd have to go back and reread it just to get what you're talking about, Arlie. But I do remember there being some interesting bits and bobs about the Zendalari in there. So for anyone who is interested in Zendalari lore, the, um, the novel Vol'jin, uh, Shadow of the Horde, by, I want to say it was by Michael Stockpile. I'm not sure. I think it was by Michael Stockpile, uh, is a great novel for a little bit of, a little bit of information about the Zindalari. And of course, you've got the end game events, uh, that's essentially the first half of Pandaria focusing on the Zandalari and the Mogu is a good, good place to look at. Do we have any other comments, uh, Kevin, for this week? Yeah, there were some on SoundCloud, um, Vish posted up a bunch of stuff on our episode number 55 um which was the episode what keeps you playing between expansions um Mm -hmm. she was commenting on saying that heirloom gear is not very helpful um she doesn't like the fact that some appearances for the artifact weapon were hit or um gated behind rated battleground pvp um she was making fun of gavril for complaining about rep grinds um uh and a bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> One thing I will say there about the artifacts being gated behind content, the artifact appearances being gated behind content. Specifically the ones that are gated behind PVP content. It's very considering even the PVPers have to use these weapons for the entire expansion. It is it would be very unfair for all of the all, all the artifact appearances to only be available in PvE. You have to give equal reward to PvP and PvE players because the thing about World of Warcraft it's a theme park it's a theme park MMO. If you want a PvP, you can all you need all you can do is PvP if you want. It's, the option is completely there for you. But at the same time, you then have to incentivize that for people. You have to give them some kind of a reward. Yeah. And the fact that they're going to be using that weapon the whole expansion, giving them an artifact appearance that is solely gated through PvP is completely fair, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not for people who casually PvP, period. Yeah, you, it's very easy to get the first appearance unlocked. After that, it, it's those appearances, those color variants are completely for the people who PvP because you're not going to put in all that time to get third, fifth, and sixth level prestige. You're not going to put in that time unless you are a PvPer. It is completely fair that they get something that is specifically for them, whereas PvEers get something that is specifically for them, uh, like the balance of power chain. 
Like the mounts from the raids. PvPers are not going to be doing the balance of power chain. They're not going to be getting that unlock like you are if you're a PvE raider. So that's you got to look at it from the standpoint of it's a it's, it's a game for everybody. You're not going to get every reward depending on your playstyle. Yep, agree there. That was the feedback. Okay, thank you for your feedback, people. If you do want to talk to us throughout the week, you can send us stuff, you know, Twitter, email, uh, SoundCloud, or Discord. All of that stuff will be listed off at the end of the show. Please uh, talk to us. We love you. Moving on to news. Uh, Kevin, talk a little bit about Diablo, buddy. Season 13 is now live as of yesterday. Um, there's going to be the same bag of goodies as there usually is with the Diablo seasons. You'll be able to get seasonal rewards. Um, there's going to be cosmetic rewards, um, a little bloody teddy bear pet, a new portrait for your character and conquests. I don't know if they're doing a, uh, cash, Thing. They usually do like an extra cash tab too. Maybe. I, I'm just going to say right now that pet is so fucking cute. I want it. I want it so The badly. bloody teddy bear? He's so adorable. Oh my God. Okay. Dude, you know me in collectibles. <laughs> oh man. And it looks like there's armor <laughs> too as a seasonal reward this time around. Transmog armor. Woo. Mm hmm. Anyway, that's Diablo. That just went live. And don't forget, if you do have a character that you want to play throughout the next season that you played in the last one or any previous seasons, you do have the rebirth option. Just click on the character and click rebirth. It's all there for you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Heroes of the Storm. We'll leave the, we'll leave the best for last. Uh, Heroes of the Storm. Uh, voice chat is live uh, so if you uh, were excited or got to try it out at BlizzCon you can now try it out in game it is live uh, there is an option to automatically join party or team chats uh, party obviously being the group that you're in and queuing with team being what you could put in with um, there are options to completely avoid automatically joining and if you do want to join after you load into the actual uh, nexus map itself you can opt in whenever you want or you can opt out whenever you want so it's completely optional if you want to do it do it i highly recommend doing it for things like ranked play and unranked play um with the two with the draft modes uh, for things like quick match and brawl nah, probably not as needed but it's you know if you want to have a lot of fun and chat with people go for it uh kevin you want to do a little bit on hearthstone hearthstone as of february 19th through until march 11th there's going to be wild fest which means that wild cards are going to be in the arena um, if you like playing arena, you'll have access to all the cars in the game, basically. Uh, so it should be really interesting and fun. I'm planning on watching some, um, of what's his face crypt, play some arena matches. Crypt. Yeah. Cause he usually does. Uh, I'll probably grab some, I'll probably watch some Hafu if she's around. Cause I love Hafu. There you go. So, um, let's move on to some Warcraft. Cause that's really about it for her mm -hmm. stone. The Wild yep. Fest. Um, 
Lunar Festival is live and it will be live up until March 3rd. Um, there's not a lot in regards to the ch- to changes this year, but it's the same old go and speak to your elders, get all the, get all the things. The questing EXP is pretty dope. There. Questing EXP is always dope with Lunar Festival. Lunar Festival is one of those really good ones that if you're, if you're quite, if you're leveling up a tune, do it during Lunar Festival. It's really good. Um, you've also got the boss, uh, and Moonguard as always. Uh, so Moonblade, Moonguard's reputation. <laughs> um, the PvP brawl this month, uh, this week, sorry, is uh, Packed House PvP, 15v15 Arena. It's fun. It's one of my favorite ones. It's really fun. When the alliance doesn't get trounced. <laughs> Why do you think I play hard, yeah. boo boo? <laughs> um, and you talk about the alpha stuff. Go for it. Uh yeah, they I don't know how to pronounce this. Mag Maghar. Maghar. The Maghar Maghar. Works jokes and flirts were released, so this is, you know, pretty much confirming like they said on the Q&A that this is going to be an allied race and there's speculation that this is going to be alliance. An alliance race. Yeah. I'm kind of okay with it. At the same time though, I'm kind of not it's, what what's pointing like people to think that it's going to be alliance? Sides. I don't actually know. I don't actually know. Genuinely, have no clue. Um, the only thing that maybe would be that there's other possibilities. Okay, so there's more possibilities for horde races than there are alliance races. Let's just put that out there. It's a fact. There are. There's more races that are part of the Horde that are not playable than there are races that are part of the Alliance that are not playable. Yes, agreed. Pretty much. That's the only thing that I can maybe see can justify it, but there's there's probably evidence out there that I've not looked at because I don't go on Reddit and look at all these things because I don't like Reddit personally. It's more than likely... I don't think they're going to be Alliance. Personally, I don't see it. Hmm. But Blizzard have done weirder shit. Let's be honest. Blizzard have done really weird shit in regards to who gets what race. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later when we get to a certain box-like people as well. (laughs) You and I are going to butt heads on this one. So... Oh, uh, if that's LB says, if that's true, do you think they will appropriate my Orc Slayer title? Appreciate his Orc Slayer title. <laughs> no, I thought I. It's on a second screen, far away from me. Appreciate. Uh, no, probably not. It's like a human having a human killer statue or uh, title. Yeah, it's weird. All right. But that's that's the one thing that I wanted to mention. I mean, obviously, there's information about the alpha that's leaking out on a regular basis, and you can look it up on... Stop saying leaking. It's data, data mining. Data mining, leaking, whatever. It's coming out. It's, co- <laughs> it's coming out. Um, so, yeah. Go check it out if you want to spoil yourself. Um, I don't know how Chris does it. I can't keep up with it all. Or Gavril. And we both do. 
Both Cresses do. Yeah, but you seem to be hide or uh, staying away from story spoilers, and he somehow reads all those, or for some reason. I don't know how you do it without, you know, missing the uh, spoilers like he does. I look for mechanics. I, I look for the mechanical changes. Okay. That, that's, that's the major difference. He looks for story. I look for mechanical. He doesn't care about mechanical. I don't care about story until I play it, until I experience it. That's a good point. All right. Okay. Let's move yeah. on to the main topic, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, very quickly, what this topic is, it's essentially going to be us looking back at everything that's happened in regards to World of Warcraft between Warlords, Legion, and the upcoming Battle for Azeroth. We're going to look at what we, what was available then, what the game trans, uh, transcended into, and what we're looking at possibly some tinfoil hatting, some facts that we know into battle. So this is us going to be looking at what we think Blizzard have learned and what they've done right based on mm. what we've had in the past. And this kind of arose from a discussion that we were having regarding what we're big changes that they made from one expansion to another, what were the small changes that they made, um, and just kind of in general, you know, Legion was an opportunity for them to really have a clean slate because no one really liked Warlords of Draenor, so they could do pretty much whatever they wanted, and that led to some really great experimentation that changed some of the systems in the game that, you know, was really awesome and if they keep those things the same way, we'll be happy in Battle for Azeroth and then other things that still might need some tweaking, even with the information that we have from Battle for Azeroth. So we'll mention that as we kind of go through all of this. And and this is kind of the reason that we're, you know, to only 20 minutes in and going into the main topic because we just have a boatload of information to, to uh, talk through here. Yep. So before we do anything, let's premise this. It is a wide, it is a widely agreed consensus that Warlords of Draenor was one of the worst expansions Blizzard has ever produced for any of their games. Yes. Agreed? That's the assumption we're going with. That's, that's the widely assumed consensus. Moving into Legion, it is a widely assumed consensus that it is one of the better if not the best expansion Blizzard have produced for any well, of their games. Definitely the best if you're a Warlords baby. Agreed. <laughs> definitely the best if you're a Warlords baby. It's your first expansion, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, so let's talk about, first off, between Warlords and Legion, what the major changes were, what we had as a Warlords base, and what changed going into Legion. Yeah. Okay, sound like an idea? Okay, so Warlords of Draenor, the base game itself. Now, this isn't including this is this is including what we had at launch as well as throughout the remainder of the expansion. So, in regards to dungeons, we started off with the normal five man heroic dungeons, the normal normal dungeons, and then we moved on to uh, the challenge mode dungeons, which were a pull up from Miss Pandaria and the eventual introduction of what we would now know as mythic five-man dungeons. Can you re-explain the challenge mode? Challenge mode was uh, challenge mode was essentially the original mythics. It was a time-based scenario uh, that sca- rather than 
uh, rather than just you get scaling off gear, it's scaled off a specific eye level bracket. So you would be put into, so you would be scaled down to say 700 eye level. That was the base eye level and it couldn't go any higher. You could be lower than that. You couldn't be higher than that. And you would have to complete the dungeon within a specific amount of time to unlock uh, bronze, silver, or gold. Gold being the highest you could get and completing it in the fastest amount of time. Uh, upon completing all of the dungeons within that expansion, you would be rewarded with a piece of transmogrification loot specifically for that class that you completed it on. So, for example, in Mesa Pandaria, it was an, a full armor set uh, that you were, that you were given uh, if you completed gold. If you completed in Warlords, you were given a weapon that coincided with that Miss armor set. Interesting. Okay. And there was an armor set and a weapon for every class. So, moving on from Legion, we got, again, the normal dungeons, the, the heroic dungeons. We got the mythic dungeons at launch, but we got an extension of that system with the mythic plus system and the affixes that were uh, associated with them. Um, so Mythic Plus obviously being the system that you get the key, you put it in, it scales up between Mythic 1 through to Mythic whatever, um, and if affixes would be added on per uh, the key number and the difficulty would scale up and up and up exponentially. Which was the first, which was also a key in the scalable content that the Legion also introduced. Dungeons, as well as the open world itself, would scale to your character's level. If you were in a dungeon as level 100 with a, with a level 110 character, the level 100 could play with that 110 without a problem because everything scaled to Which that is still player. really weird because the 100 sees a 102 level mob, maybe, and then the one. 10 sees, yeah. We'd exactly. see the 112. Really yep. weird. Which is a really interesting system because it all scales so mm-hmm. fluidly to the point where you don't even really notice. You're just running a dungeon yeah, with your friends. Which is really nice that they did that. Sadly, what we did see in Legion was the end of the challenge mode content. The challenge mode system, which was introduced in Mr. Pandaria, reiterated into Warlords of Draenor. Ended its life cycle and kind of quasi bring that back with the Mage Tower challenges. No, it's a completely different system. Well, similar. I mean, it's not nothing to do with the an actual challenge. Nothing to do with the Mage Tower. It is a challenge. No, but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The challenge mode system that was introduced in Mesa Pandaria, the gold, silver, bronze timed dungeon run, was retired in Legion. We did. We don't have anything that is similar to that. Fair enough. The closest you would get is Mythic Plus. It's a, it's a, it's more of like, Mythic Plus seems to be like a progression of the challenge mode system. But rather than scaling you down, the dungeon gets more difficult, which right. I think worked, works really well. And what are they planning on doing or what do we know will be happening in Battle for Azeroth? With Battle for Azov, it looks like we're getting a similar system to what we have currently in Legion. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, we're getting the normal and heroic dungeons as we have had since Burning Crusade. We're getting uh, the Mythic Dungeons back, the Mythic Plus system, which is being slightly tweaked and readjusted to make it a bit more fluid and, you know, make it a bit more fun. 
And we're again seeing the scalable content allowing you to scale between 110 and 120 with people uh, and do dungeons with them. Uh, which has now been done to the entire game, the entire game skills, yeah. which is great. And I mean, I think I would like to see the challenge mode back. I think it's an interesting concept to be able to have everyone on a level playing field in terms of eye level, kind of like what we do with time walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to determine if you can run it faster than other people. I think that that might be more, <clears throat> I don't know if that's skill. I don't know if that means that you're more skilled as a player if you have the same eye level. Um, but it would be interesting to see. Well, when it comes to the same eye level, gear is a, is a factor that doesn't right. matter. Gear stops being a factor. I mean, yeah. It, it does come down to purely your so skill level. So do you level. think challenge mode would be a better judge of skill than doing a higher Mythic Plus dungeon? No, not necessarily, because I guess when it, when it think when it gets to like insanely high level Mythic Pluses, like twenties, twenty twos, twenty fours, stuff like that, which we're seeing more and more people doing on Twitch streams and YouTube videos and stuff like that, and and completing them, um, because your gear doesn't, because the actual item drops don't scale past fifteen, the item level doesn't increase past fifteen, but the difficulty does. I think things like things like higher level mythics are a very good judge of uh, a, char- a character or a player's skill. Um, I know I can't do mythic twenty twos. I think the highest I've ever done is an so eighteen. The eye level f- or the eye level that you get from doing a mythic plus fifteen is that equivalent to what you would get in mythic? That's the rating? highest you will get. Uh, if it titan forges and hmm. shit, yeah, because it right. can still titan forge. So, you know, technically you could have a similar eye level to someone who's a mythic pl- or a mythic raider. It will take you a lot longer mm-hmm. to get it, but yeah, it will take you yeah. most of your time. I mean, to I would get like it, that. Yeah. I would like to see them do tiers where like, you know, mythic plus or mythic raiders are in one tier, heroic raiders, and then normal raiders or LFR raiders are in different tiers or brackets so that you could judge yourselves against people. I think there's enough, I think there's enough segregation in regards to, I don't want to be comparing myself to a mythic raider because I'm not a mythic raider, but you don't have, but then don't, you don't have to, I don't know. Maybe raider.io has something that I can click on. Most most websites have ways to separate what people, the content people have done. Anyway, so yeah, that that's what I I mean. Most it would be nice too. to see a leaderboard with people who I'm on a similar level with. So either having it be eye level capped or having a way to segregate out mythic raiders that I'll probably never be as good as. Um, yeah, I think most third party sites have. I'll access look it to up that, after though. the show, but. I think that would be interesting, and it would be better to have some of that on their website, official website. Again, these are things that Blizzard wouldn't do mm-hmm. in regards to... If the community is already doing it, they That's don't true. need to. All right, moving on to gear. Um, in Warlords of Draenor, we had a quest line for a legendary piece of gear. I actually did the legendary ring quest somehow, Chris. I don't know how, but I did it. So I had my legendary ring probably after everyone else had it. Um, 
in Legion, they kind of switched that up and now they have like random legendary drops. So, you know, at some point you would have a legendary drop and in Battle for Azeroth, they are not going to be having legendaries at all. Um, in terms of, <laughs> yay, <laughs> kicking people out of a group or not allowing them into a raid group unless they have so a legendary was super fun. Um, Genuinely so fucking uh, In Legion, they also switched around the gearing system by introducing the artifact weapon. And that was a weapon that you kept for the entire expansion. You leveled up throughout the expansion. In Battle for Azeroth, they're going to be tweaking that slightly. And they're going to be having Azerite armor. And this is a system where you collect Azerite. That empowers your... Or yeah, three blood diamonds. <laughs> you collect the blood diamonds that <laughs> empowers three pieces of gear. Depending on how much Azerite you have, you'll be able to unlock different tiers of talents, basically, on those items. Um, so you'll have different talents for different pieces of gear. And then if you get new gear, you can it'll have all new random talents and you can uh, choose what talents to do in those pieces of gear. So, um, and they're easy yeah. to swap out as well if you want to change stuff uh, depending on what yeah, fight the, you're doing. You the can way that, do that I look at this is that Artifact Weapons was like their first attempt. They tried to tweak it when they released the Crucible, which had more choice to it. And then from that point, they further evolved that into the Azerite armor. So you have different pieces of gear. And then if you get an upgrade for that piece of gear, you just you know, dismiss it, put it to the side and then put in a new piece of gear with all new talents there. My LB has mm -hmm. got a little clarification for us um, that says that um, they didn't say no legendaries. They just said that they're not going to be using the last two systems that we've used, which is the legendary quest line and then just random drops all over the place. I'm okay with this. Either way, no yeah. more random I mean, bullshit. The, the main problem with that was there was one or two really good ones for your class. And if you didn't get those, you weren't doing nearly as well as a lot of other players on your class. Some classes were absolutely useless without their legendaries. I know BM hunters before they were redesigned were absolutely useless mm. without their shoulder legendaries. Absolutely useless before they yeah, got the that, redesign. That was kind of a feel bad system right um, there. The legendary system is one of my major complaints about Legion. I've been complaining about it since it was announced. Never mind since it was available, since it was announced. It's a system that's always just felt completely taxed on. There was, it felt like there was no actual thought process on it. It was just, huh, how are we going to do legendaries this expansion? Ah, let's just get works them all, the, in Diablo. Just get them all what they want. Here, everyone gets a legendary. Works in Diablo, everyone gets a legendary. You get a legendary, you get a legendary. So we don't want fucking legendaries like that, you assholes. They're no longer legendary at that point. They're just bits of candy that drop everywhere. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I think Sorry, that what that <clears throat> led to was they had to design the characters thinking that people would get those legendaries and put them on. And so <laughs> they tuned them so that when you got that legendary, you were doing well in raids and you were doing well in questing and stuff. But like if you didn't have it, then you inevitably weren't doing as well in raids or quests or dungeons or whatever. So I don't know. It, it seems very awkward of a system. So that's probably one thing that 
if they do have legendaries and battle for Azeroth is something that they'll want to change. Um, what would you feel like if they added in the system that they added at the very end of Legion, which is you get a thousand currency, you buy one? Nope. 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 I don't want a legendary system mm-hmm. that has anything to do with Legion. If it's anything similar to Legion, I will be avoiding it as much as possible because yeah. it's a fucking stupid system. I have no complaints over the legendary quest system. I thought that was the best way that they've done it in regards to getting a legendary. Yes, everyone gets a legendary, but at, th- at that time, it's how much effort you put into it individually. It's not about, okay, I'm a rogue and I automatically get these daggers because I'm a rogue. Or, uh, okay, I have to go and do a million and one emissaries in hopes that a legendary will drop. No, some, the legendary system in Mesa Pandaria, and yes, even Warlords of Draenor, was a system you could focus on yourself, something that you had to put personal effort into. And I loved that idea that you work towards your legendary. That's I, th- I thought that system was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Two seconds. Yeah, I mean, I liked working towards a legendary too. I don't necessarily like not getting legendaries if they're top tier for me. I mean, that's, that's the worst part of it. Um, the other thing that I was going to mention is with the Azerite armor, the one thing that I'm noticing at, noticing at least with the crucible is that people are not just putting on whatever gear is the highest eye level. They're like maybe going for something that's a lower eye level because it has better traits from the nether light crucible. I'm afraid that a lot of people are going to try that same thing in the, um, Azerite armor system. You know, they might get something that's 20 eye levels above what they have, but not use it because the, you know, the talent choices are not going to be as good. Um, than the item they already have. Well, if you remember, they are doing an eye level squish, so the jump between gear might not be as big as what we're used to anymore. If my hope is that they're doing the stat stat squish and eye level squish better than what they did in Warlords, because they did the stat squish in Warlords didn't really pan out very well because we still ended up with stupid numbers. But that's because they didn't redesign how secondary stats worked and how item levels actually, and how items actually scaled between tiers. If they can get it right so that, yes, we have an improvement in gear between tiers, but it's not a massive improvement, then we might not be getting eye levels that are like 20, 30 eye levels up. It might just be two or three. So then the upgrade over the stats stat weights might not be might, might not matter as much as what we are used to it all depends on what we're actually going to be yeah. getting in battle for I mean Azeroth. it just it it feels bad not upgrading and it also feels bad having to downgrade because i picked the wrong netherlight crucible talent you know so i hate the netherlight crucible well, i'm glad, Nether- I'm glad we're Azerite not is netherlight crucible 2.0 it's it totally not Nether Lake Crucible 2.0. It's a bit, it's, it's, I know, but they're using 2.0. a Crucible style system where you have to lock into a talent tier. That you can change out. It's not like okay. it's, you're locked if into you that talent. It, you can swap it around. They've already said that. Issue. Okay. Leveling. Let's move on to leveling. 
So this is just leveling throughout that expansion. So for Warlords, it was 90 to 100, Legion 100 to 110, and what we're going to get in battle, which is 110 to 120. Um, in regards to Warlords, it was a very linear progression system. It was a very linear story. You went through Hellfire or Shadowman, depending on if you were Horde or Alliance. Not Hellfire, Frostfire. And then you would go straight to Gorgrond, and you would just follow the path from where your garrison essentially mm-hmm. told you to go. There was no real choice in where you went. You just followed the linear story. The story yeah, was the great. Zones were cool. The story zones were different. Fantastic. They had their own flavor to them. It was fun, but it's linear. But it was very linear. Oh, you there did was get no to pick from one of two items each time you went into a new zone. Like, do you want to build this or do you want to build that? Which, and Gorgron did actually affect the story, actually, yeah. Gorgron did affect the story, which one you picked. <laughs> but that was it. That was the only non-linear progression we got yeah. for the story. Um, Moving on to Legion, though, we got complete choice. Uh, second, you hit 110 and unlocked your artifact and your order hall. Have at it. Pick, up, pick out of these four zones. Which Where do you awesome. want to go first? Oh, you want to go there? That's fine. You can go this. You can go somewhere Unless else later. Unless you pick Stormheim first. And which again, was a <laughs> I like I like Stormheim. Okay, um, and then which also gave us more scaling content, regardless of what zone you picked and which order you picked it. Everything would scale to your level. Um, which again we're seeing now throughout the entire game. Uh, the scaling content is one of the best things Blizzard has implemented, in my opinion, actually. Um, going on to Battle for Azeroth, what we do know about the leveling system is that we're going to start off uh, as a Horde player. You're going to be starting off in the Isle of Zandalar. And for Alliance player, you'll be starting off in Kil Tiris. What we don't know is that if you're going to be able to pick your zones within Kil Tiris, if it's going to be scalable, I mean, we've only got a couple of zones available on the alpha for testing at the moment. We don't know if it's going to be a single linear progression, like what we got in Warlords, or if it's going to be more of what we've seen in Legion. Pick what you want. I I know that there's going to be at least a few different zones on each of the continents, so I really hope that we can pick which one we want to start in, but I don't know for sure yet. Personally, I wouldn't mind if it was a linear story. As long as it was a compelling story. If it's something that is just go get 10 bear asses, then, uh, you know, <laughs> if it's something that is really compelling and progresses the story, tells us why we're getting the Zandalari trolls, why we're helping the Kotirans, why Jaina is a crazy lady. If it's something that explains all of this and gives us a compelling reason to be there, I don't mind a linear progression. I mean, were you as tilted as I was when we had to fly all the way to the Silphus for, you know, oh, because the um, sword's in the ground? And um, they had us kill like 10 bugs. I didn't fly to Silithus. I I didn't fly to Silithus. I I used a portal to Ulderman. I mean, yeah, I did that too. But like, like at 110 and not getting leveling experience, and they said, oh, go kill 10 bugs, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, why Why even spend the time to come over here to do this? So bullshit. So, anyway. 
that that still has tilted me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of get that, but that's, that's another case of, uh, something we're going to talk about a little bit more in a bit, which is story gating. Uh, so we'll talk, mm. just talk about that a little bit more in a bit. Um, let's move on to questing. Kevin, tell us a little bit about okay. Warlord's questing. In Warlord's questing, we had, um, I mean, other than the quest that you did during your leveling at Endgame. Yes, we're talking about level yeah. cap questing, Endgame. by the way, guys. Specifically in so questing. They had a Pexis Crystals. There was a daily quest that you could do for that. There was a weekly quest that you could do for that. Then when you got into Tanan Jungle, there was a ton of dailies that you could do where every. I, I wouldn't say um, a ton. <laughs> there was enough to keep you busy for maybe an hour, hour and a half every day because I did it for several weeks straight. Uh, um, <laughs> so, but that, that was uh, it. I mean, you do your dailies every day until you get flying, then you never do them again. And bear in mind that those dailies were only available in the last patch of the expansion. Okay. Well, that, that was when I was there. There was nothing before that. I mean, by the time I got to that point, that's what I was doing. Yes, but I, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, we had the Apexus daily, which was one quest every day. We had the Apexus weekly, which was one quest every week. And that was it until Tanan Jungle came out. Wow. So you had nothing to do. Nothing. Okay. I can see why that would <laughs> have people stop playing the game. And then Tanan Jungle came out. And you got like maybe four dailies that made you run around the whole zone. I mean, what? It took maybe 30, 45 minutes. What you should have done is every day logged in with eight different characters and do the treasure hunter quests at the garrison. And you would be sitting on like max gold. I did that. <laughs> I did that. And I had a lot of gold. But that's all I did. Log in and do gold. Yeah, but that- <laughs> that's it. I didn't even have to leave my garrison. Yeah, it would be so nice to have all that gold right now. <sighs> no, no, no. I'd never, ever want to go back to the garrison system. Ever. <laughs> Moving yep. on to Legion. Let's Legion, move on to Legion because I'm getting Legion, depressed. Legion, we added <laughs> world quests, which were better than dailies because they refreshed on a six-hour rotating cycle. And every six hours, you get some new quests that pop up randomly throughout the map. You can go do them. You could see the rewards that they get. You could even get an add-on like world quest list and just sort it by the type of reward that you wanted and just go do those quests, which was really fun. Um, they also... And they were tied into reputation. Yeah, you would be getting reputation as you did these world quests in the different zones and sometimes even double dipping on multiple reputations. Uh, and yeah. one of the things they added too was the daily emissary quest to get you to do world quests, which was do four world quests and get extra reputation, random gear out of a box, potentially a legendary, and furthering your rep with that faction. So. Yes. It was the answer to the daily problem that we had in Pandaria and the lack of daily problem we had in Warlords of Draenor. Right. A good middle ground. Yes. It was finally Blizzard realizing that there can be a middle ground. Because that's, I think we'll all agree, that's been their problem for the longest time. They go from one extreme to another. They never try and find a middle ground. Mm -hmm. But World Quest, they did. Except when they tie flying to doing Legion invasions, which pop every six hours, sometime in the middle of the night, sometime when you're at work. That was a broke. That that was a mistake in their part <laughs> of actually t 
timing the invasions. Yeah. I still think it should have been tied to invasions. They just should have fixed the timer on them. Yeah, it was a mess. Anyway, Battle for Azeroth. What are we getting? We are getting World Quest. We know that. We may be getting Daily Emissary quests. Do we know that for sure? I hope we do. I like them. We don't. We don't know. We just know we're getting yes. World Quests again, and we're. But it's 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 a it's a more robust system than we've got currently. They're um, iterating on the World Quest system. They're making it more fluid. They're making it a lot a lot more random and less of just doing the quests that you've been doing in game already. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. So, how non-random it used to be in the very beginning. It's gotten better, but it's. Yep. It's got a lot better. It's a lot mm-hmm. more random. But like, you would always get that fucking squirrel uh, quest in Valshara. Uh, squirrel quests. <laughs> it was always the one that popped up every fucking day. <laughs> um, but yes, we will be getting world quest back. So if it's a system you've enjoyed, then good. Uh, and yeah, we'll be getting a lot of good stuff uh, uh, I mean, from the world quests if they're what they're saying is. Is there iterations on it? So it looks it looks promising. It would it would be interesting if there was more than just a daily emissary. It would be interesting if that kind of added up into something more at the end of the week. If you did, you know, six or seven, like a yeah, weekly, weekly emissary. emissary. Like you get a daily one, and you yeah, get a because a lot of well. people just like skip doing their dailies now, even because they don't need whatever it is is out there because you know they're level capped. But I think if they did something more if they rewarded it more i think people would even continue to do that more than just doing the paragon mm-hmm. rep which is the reason a lot of people continue to even do world quest now because you can get rep past um exalted and get an extra box that has a mountain in it or a pen we'll talk we'll talk more about that when we get to yeah. reputations though because you're cutting out content for well, us <laughs> the, i think paragon rep is the main reason why people continue to world quest even now it would be nice in Battle for Azeroth if they added additional rewards to doing World Quest. I also like kind of what I'm seeing now on the map, which is, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but like sometimes you'll get a um, a quest to get Bacon World Quest that's like 5, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 15. I like how they have that element of randomness with the reward where you know sometimes you'll log in and the reward will be triple what it normally is. Um, they need to continue yeah, to do I've that, that a with uh, Battle for Azeroth because it it actually like makes me go out there and farm it when it is fifteen because I can get you know three quests worth of it done in one quest, which is crazy. So, um, let's talk about right. reading. Let's talk mm-hmm. about reading. This one is uh, one of the big ones because reading is the biggest thing in World of Warcraft currently. Uh, yeah, it has been for a long time. Yeah, so it's one of the biggest things. Uh, in World of Draenor, we got two tiers of content. We got uh, uh, two raids uh, at launch, and then we got a third, a third and final raid uh, during the final patch of the expansion. It's three raids for the entire expansion. In Legion, we got three tiers of content, five raids in total. The first tier alone had three raids. Did we though? Did we though? Well, we did. Well, we did. But mm, there's achievements and raids in the game that prove it. And which raid does it not have achievements for? None of them. They all have curve achievements that are associated with them. We got a few where they tried to do a mini raid 
and I don't think that that idea really works. The is it many reads can work if it's tying up a major is it story, of Valor? Arc, which it did. What is it Comple- called? Uh, it's Trial of Valor, of Valor yeah. I believe it is. I wasn't a fan of that. Which which did finish? You might not be a fan of the raid, but it's it's content and it completed a major story arc for the expansion. Mm. Yes, sure. There was raid bosses. It dropped loot. It dropped transmog. It dropped. Uh, it had achievements associated with it, and it completely tied up the Heim, the the Stormheim uh, question. I could have done without it. Yes, wasn't a fan. We're not talking about personal opinion on it, though. We're 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 talking facts on it. <laughs> that read exists. It does. It is. It yes. In reality, it exists. So we had three raids. We had Emerald Nightmare, uh, Trial of Valor, and Nighthold for the first tier of of this expansion. And then we had Tomb of Sargeras for the second. Uh, and now we're currently uh, on Antorus, the Burning Throne, for the final tier of the expansion. Mm-hmm. In Battle for Azeroth, we're suspecting there's going to be an ad- another three tiers of content. We know of at least... LB corrects me if I'm wrong. There's two raids at launch. One will be focusing on uh, the... Uh, one will be focusing on a uh, Titan con- complex, and I can't remember what the other one is. But as far as I know, we'll be launching with two raids. Uh, I can't see that happening. What? If they re- if they launch two raids at launch. I'm not saying those two raids will be available at launch, but oh. there will be two raids within the first tier at a minimum. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they have to get rid of this tier versus raid thing, and it's just got to be our tier is a raid. Instead of a well, this is a raid, but it's not really a tier raid, and it's you got to go to this. Well, they're getting rid of that because tier sets don't exist. Oh, thank God! So much more clear. But it's 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 still the first tier will be these two raids. That's still that because a tier is a new set of raids. So, like the first tier for Legion, we had the three raids that were within the the one tier set. I just got to tell you, as a new player, cycle. that concept is just completely goes over my head. We got a raid. It's not then we got hard. Another raid, then we got another raid. You've only heard of Uldir. Okay. Uh, so as far as we as far as we know, there will be at least one raid at launch. We don't know if there's going to be multiple, but as far as we know, there will be at least one raid at launch, and we're looking at three tiers of raiding content. Okay. Um, we also have the Warfronts, which is 20 versus uh, 20, 20 man content. Um, 20 versus AI. 20, 20 man versus AI content, um, which is essentially a raid size. So that's why we're putting it in with the rating. And we're not yeah. really sure about anything else about the Warfronts other than it's 20 people and it kind of feels like Warcraft 3. That's about all we know. <laughs> It's, I mean, to me, it sounds like you got to do a lot of the same mechanics that you would do in Warcraft. Like you're gathering lumber and putting it into a building and upgrading the building and then people coat. But that's about all we know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my theory is that Warfronts are being created to help 
tide people over when they get done a raid tier. next tier. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a really good call on that. I think uh, Warfronts war is going to be a good middle ground between, oh, okay, so we've finished the Uldir raid. We need to wait for 8.1 before the next raid uh, cycle comes out, or 8.15 before the next raid cycle comes out. So let's do some Warfronts. Exactly. That's kind of what the idea is. I agree with you on that. We don't agree on much, but I agree with you on that. And maybe you'll be able to do them solo, but I think it will be more fun if you're doing it with your raid team and you have people who are collecting resources and you have people who are upgrading buildings and people who are fighting on the front lines. I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but... It sounds no, like it'd be fun. I definitely think it's going to be a system where you're going to be able to pug and queue for solo. I hope it is anyway, because there will be times where you'll just want to jump in and have some fun with it. But I also really hope it's something that you can queue for with your whole group. I mean, if it's going to be something that you can pug, I really hope it's like LFR versus normal, where as soon as you get the normal, there's actual mechanics and things that you can do and it becomes I more challenging. I hope there's one difficulty for it. And it's no. just, if you cannot pug this, don't fucking pug it. No. <laughs> if you cannot do this, then I'm sorry. You, I can, I, I'm sick of like 15 difficulties for everything. No, Make you, something you have one to, difficulty so we can just jump in and do you it. You have to remember the Gavril that won't raid anymore because of reasons. So you need to have the LFR level of difficulty for the Warfronts. But if you are bringing a no, pre-made group, I think there should be some something for those people who do bring a pre-made group. Like it's more challenging or you have to coordinate better or something. How about this? Two difficulties. LF retard and then <laughs> actual good player. You can't say retard. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm sick of like a million and one difficulties. Yeah, I I'm really am. I'm sick of it. I just I just want to be able to jump in and do something. I don't want to have to worry about if there's oh, only this guy's not good at the game, so I have to do looking for an idiot. If if they're not going to do multiple levels of difficulty, then what would be the purpose of doing Warfronts? You would do it once with your raid group and then you would never do it again. Because it's content that's not it's con- because they've said it's going to be content that's dynamic. It's going to be content that changes every time you do it. I hope so. If not, it's going to be boring. And I hope <clears> it's hard as balls. I really do. I want challenging content. It would be cool if you would ha- need like multiple like Discord channels where you could you would have a twenty man raid group, but you maybe you need to like group into like the fighting team and the gathering team. And something else that would be awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not a mythic raider anymore. I haven't done it in years. I used to, but that that shit causes drama, and I don't want to deal with drama. I just want to have some fun. <laughs> but I still want to be challenged in what I'm doing. You know? Yes. Yes. I mean, a looking for and group Warfront versus seems normal. Like the casual. Yeah. Warfront seems like the casual content that could still be challenging because it's content that you're going to be able to be doing over the whole expansion. I really hope so that I'm it's looking not for something that's casual but challenging. Yeah, I hope that it's not not challenge. I hope that it. <laughs> I hope that it's challenging. That it's challenging. Um, because I feel like since it's going to only be PVE, there's a possibility where they just make it middle ground and don't really care about the difficulty level. If you want to dub out the R word, you can. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, PvP. 
<laughs> Warlords of Draenor, we got PvP seasons. That was about it. Nothing new, nothing. And we're, when we're saying crazy. nothing new, we're comparing it to uh, Mr. Pandaria. Mr. Pandaria, yeah. So nothing really overly dramatically new in regards to PvP. Legion. <laughs> As where they stepped up a notch, uh, we got PvP talents and a new prestige system built around the, the new honor system, which has been, com- which was completely redesigned from a currency based system. Um, we got new arenas. Uh, we got redesign on PvP stats and gear progression. Gear pretty much became just customization stuff. You just to make you look pretty. Um, and you got a set amount of stats. Uh, that was always put onto your character whenever you zoned into PvP content. The stats would increase based on what your eye level was. So say, I believe it was a 10, 10 eye level upgrade, uh, was a 1% boost in power. It did fix a lot of problems. But not all of them. For example, not all of them, not all of them, not all of them. It did get rid of the whole, I'm fresh and new to PvP, so I'm going to jump in and do some PvP. Oh no, I got one shot. <laughs> it did fix a lot of that. Oh, that's not entirely but fixed not either. not completely. It's not entirely fixed because Demon Hunters and other classes are broken as shit in general. Um, but it stopped everyone doing that to new players in regards to PvP. People who are really good at the game will still one-shot you in PvP because that's what they do. That's their life, PvP. People who are just jumping in and have some fun, you don't really have to worry about it too much to be uh, being one-shot all the time. Now, we're not saying that that's not completely a bad thing. So, But we'll move on to Battle for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're getting the, the normal PvP seasons like we've been getting since... PvP really started back in vanilla. Um, they're redesigning and uh, changing the talent and prestige system a bit to make it work more, um, to be a, a bit more robust for future expansions. We're getting a new battleground, the Seething Shore, which we're going to be having access to in the coming weeks to try out during Legion. New arena maps, the Plundering Isles. There's PvP we don't know if they're actually called Plunder Isles, but... Yeah, but that you go to an island, you plunder things. Mm-hmm. Uh, PvP and PvP options uh, for that, and they are removing PvP server archetypes, uh, and they are adding an in-game system that will allow you to automatically or automatically opt in or automatically opt out to PvP. And so they're putting some extra rewards in for people who flag for PvP, right? Yes, you'll be getting PvP rewards if you are flagged for PvP. Uh, if you're not, you won't because you're not doing PvP. <laughs> okay. I just wasn't sure if they were going to generally make rewards better if you choose to opt in for PvP. If you opt into PvP, you'll get PvP rewards. If you don't, you won't. Okay. It's that simple. Okay. <laughs> um, what I do want to see, though, in regards to PvP, I want them to bring back PvP here. That, or I want them to make the preset stat types allow for multiple playstyles. Because right now, when you zone in, you get a certain, you you get a specific stat or whatever that is focused on that, that is focused for that class or spec. That Blizzard says is the correct stat priority. Yes. Yes. 
but it's not always the case that it's the most fun. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to something like Demon Hunters. When it comes to Demon Hunters, every stat kind of works. Depending on what you how you want to play, every stat kind of works. Um, crit is the best, but you can do it with other stats if yeah. you want to. If that's your if that's your preferred playstyle, like even if you had but, twelve points to put into the four secondary stats, and you could choose where to put those points into, to you know, yeah, that, that would something be like that. Something that lets you choose where you want to put the stats. Now, oh my god, I'm going to say this. I'm sorry. They need to build, they need to build it kind of similarly around D and D point by for stats. You can choose where your stats go, but you can only put a certain amount of points in those stats. Mm-hmm. That would work really well to kind of alleviate the whole, I'm stuck into playing this playstyle because that's what Blizzard's decided my stat weights should be. And yeah, that, but then you're going to get into people saying, oh, well, I want to subtract some from this and put it into this other one. And I don't know if that's at that point, you might as I well just, just use the gear that you have on your body because that is the stat weight that you set out. But the, the, the problem with gear, though, and I do think that the Legion system fixed it or at least alleviated a lot of the problems was that with gear stat weights being so heavy, you do get to that point where you're one-shotting people who are new to PvP late in the expansion. And there is no entry for new players at that point. I do think the, the the system that they've got now in regards to allowing new people into PvP works really well because the power difference between a new player and a fully started out player isn't that big. It is more skill-based, but I do miss being able to kind of control and move around my stats in pvp as i feel Mm -hmm. i i just don't like the fact that as a holy priest i have to add a lot of unique clickable talents um in order for me to actually survive an arena map or welcome to healing in pvp yeah it's a bitch yeah i mean cc (laughs) in general is just obnoxious like when someone can stun me for nine seconds in a row like and get from sixty percent of my health to zero is ridiculous. I mean, it's just PvP as a healer fucking sucks. I stopped doing it a long time ago. They need to fix that. I don't know what they need to do because I don't PvP a lot, but they need to fucking fix it. It feels like shit. I've done a ton of arena maps with LB. Every single time, I get blown up. Don't heal. That's uh, that because they're not going to change that. Or play That's just kind of how it is. You need to know. You need. Here's the thing: P- healing, healing in PvP is a fucking art style. You need to be beautiful at it to fucking do it right. You need to be amazing at it to do it right. Um, and it works for those people who are very, very good at it. Healing in PvP is one of the hardest things to do in this game mm. because of the amount of CC and the amount of knowledge you need to have to just do it right. Um, I stopped doing it because I couldn't handle it. I just DPS and, P- and PvP now because I couldn't handle healing. Mm. I honestly think that they're never going to change that in regards to healing and PvP. Because it works. It's a really good system if you know what you're doing. And because you haven't PvP'd enough and because you're, you're, it's still relatively new to you, it will take... 
to be really good at PvP as a healer, you're going to have to really not raid as much and just focus on PvP. PvP, PvP, PvP. Change all my bars. Pretty much. Use pretty much. <laughs> use a hundred different new spells. Pretty much. <clears throat> because that's what PvP Still is. Still die a lot for die, you know. Until you learn yeah, it. Yeah, die two hundred more times in a row before you know it well. It's just who's gonna who has time for PvP that? PvPing as an PvP uh, as a healer as an art style. Especially if you're going especially if you're going clothy, especially if you're going holy, because you're so squishy. I mean, should I you know, die match after match after match 200 times, or should I go play Warframe or Zelda or something else that's more fun than doing that? I mean, yeah, I'll feel good after I learn how to do it, but getting there is Learn Shadow. Crazy. Learn All Shadow. Right. We need Honestly, to move on. Play Shadow in PvP. It's more Next fun. Next topic, we're going to go on to story. Chris loves story, so he can do these. Yeah. Okay, so in Warlords of Draenor, the leveling story was absolutely beautiful. It has, it's got some of the best cutscenes you've ever seen. It's got some of the best story progression you've ever seen, except Nagrand, where you know Thrall comes in and gets your killing blow and Garrosh, and you know you're left like a little bitch. Thanks, Thrall. Um, but the actual leveling for Warlords of Draenor, the story was beautiful, plain and simple. It's once we got to the end game that the story kind of fell apart because there was no real story. That's the problem with Warlords of Draenor. There was no story after leveling. Moving on to Legion, it was just story through story through story through story. Every zone. Uh, we had every zone with its own unique storyline that's still built into the overarching story. You had Surimar, the f- one of the first level cap only zones that we've got at launch of an expansion. Um, we got more iteration onto that story, ch- story chain with the insurrection arc. Um, then we had the blip that was the broken shore, but I'll bitch about that later. <laughs> And then we got the beautiful story progression that was Argus and the progression through to the, uh, to the capture of Sargeras. It was just, uh, <laughs> the, the, we've had the most voiceover that we've ever had in an expansion. Uh, just consistent story throughout the expansion for Legion. It was, uh, it was, it was art blizzard. You, you outdone yourself for the story genuinely. <laughs> Except um, the gated stories where you had to wait one week to get. I'm gonna bet you about okay. them. All right, <laughs> it's, it's 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 in my thing. Look look at the site. It's in my thing. <laughs> Battle for Azeroth. Oh, we don't know much about the story. We really don't. But what we do know is that the story for the Horde and Alliance will be split up onto two separate continents. We've got the Alliance on. Um, I was going to say Zandalar there, Kul'Tiris, uh dealing with uh, the Kul'Tirans and Jaina and bringing the, uh, hope, what we're thinking, bringing the Kul'Tiran navy back to the the Alliance. And then for the Horde, we've got uh, the Horde Strangle on Zandalar and bringing the Zandalari trolls into the folds of the Horde. Um, which, by the way, each each uh, continent will be available at level cap for the opposite faction, as far as we know. So, that'll be fun. What they need to do, if they're going to gate story, they need to do it 
so they they can they can do it, but they need to have enough story and enough quest content to justify it. I am looking at you, Broken Shore. You had no story. You had quest content that was essentially everything we were Collect doing one already. Shard. I'm still pissed off about that quest. You, your, your story content was essentially us doing stuff we were already doing. Never mind that had no actual story progression to it, and you tailed that out for eleven weeks. You can gate content. That is not a problem. You can gate story. That is not an issue. Have enough story and enough co- quest content to justify it. Yep. A really good example is Insurrection. There was enough story behind that to gate that for the, the, the 10 weeks that it was gated. There was enough there to justify the gate. There was not enough to justify behind Broken Shore. You garbage piece of content any almost perfect expansion. You know, you know what actually <laughs> got that right in terms of content and gating period, I think was uh in archaeology the moose quest. Moose quest. I have yet to do that. Well, it's actually something that you have to like collect 500 pieces of, but you get a 2-week period to do it. You actually don't feel like you have to do everything and rush it in an hour. You can do 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there and space it out. That's what the gating content should be like. It should, you know, feel like if it's going to be a week long gating period, give me something to do over the course of that week. That just doesn't take five minutes or an hour to do, you know, give me something that takes two or three hours that I have to space out over the course of that week or whatever. I mean, that would be really interesting if they did that. And then, you know, you'd have to figure out a a catch up mechanic, but, um, if something's gated, the easy make it last that time. Just do it all because you can. The, the good thing with with gated mechanics is that once once that once that period is over, you can do it all in one setting. I did. I did. Yeah, if it takes five minutes to do. No. Yeah, I suppose if it takes if it takes five minutes to do, you can do it all in one setting. If it takes two to three hours per uh, per week to do, you can do that all in about two or three settings after the gated content's gone. Yeah. Well, like, ask someone like Lord Shaper who did the gated content in Suramar late, and you know, oh, you know, I remember him complaining day after day about plotting through that quest line. Because even though it was gated, it still took a good amount of time because of the amount of content that was there for each gated section. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Those gated sections were gated really well because there was enough content to justify it. There wasn't with Broken Shore. No. Anything you want to complain about for stories? Um, I mean, something that I hope they do more of was the voiceover. I like how they added more of that during Suramar. I mean, there's two ways to look at this. Number one, give me less quests where I have to collect 10 of something or three of something or whatever. Yeah, less bare asses quest. Or give me like a podcast mode where like, I'm just listening to the quest text as I am going through and collecting 10 bear asses. I wouldn't mind collecting 10 bear asses if I was hearing a narrative or a story while Problem I'm doing with that it. that is that it would just, you know, if, if they added voiceover to every quest in the game, it would significantly up this, up the, uh, the space requirement for this game. And it's already coming up to 50. That's gig. true. Yeah, that's true. 
they need a way to dynamically pull that, but that's a yep. whole different thing. Um, but you know, that would be cool if I was like out doing a quest and somebody was talking to me and explaining some lore, like basically listening to a plot, a podcast. Uh, now here's the thing. Legion did have the most voiceover any expansions ever had. So they are going down that route. They are getting more dynamic voiceover as we're progressing. And I think that's a great route to go down because I think when it comes to a lot of players, they don't want to sit there and read. They like listening and watching. So I think more voiceover is a good thing. And um, LB, it's bear, B-E-A-R, not B-A-R-E. <laughs> filthy, filthy Although human I beings. would do a lot more of those quests if I had to collect bear asses. <laughs> filthy human beings. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's move on to new races and classes. Because we've got quite a few of them the last two times. Uh, Warlords of Draenor. Nothing. No new race, no new class. Legion, Demon Hunter, Gnome Hunters, and that's it for it. We didn't get any new races. But we did get Demon Hunters specifically for Blood Elves and Night Elves, and we got the final, final arrival, finally, of Gnome Hunters and Mechanical Pets. Oh, thank you, Blizzard. <laughs> um, in Battle for Azeroth, we, we already have access to four of them. We will be getting uh, six plus allied races we already know six of them we've got on the alliance we've got the void elves the light forge Dranai, and the dark iron dwarfs the dark iron dwarfs will be available in battle for azeroth whereas the other two are already available and on the horde we get the nightborn the high mountain torrent and the zandalari trolls again the zandalari trolls exclusively for battle for azeroth and the other two already available for play kevin and i are now going to argue for 10 minutes um, because Vulpira for the Horde or we riot? <laughs> no. V- Vulpira needs to go Alliance or I'm putting up a change.org petition. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, big, the big thing for Battle for Azeroth is the introduction of the Allied Races system and just the fact that they've said it's going to be a system that's not limited to an expansion when they release new new races. It's going to be a system that they're going to continually add to, whether it be an expansion or not. Um, so, and we already know this from the introduction or the announcement of the Maghar Orcs that will be coming for the Alliance or the Horde. We don't know yet. Um, anytime soon. So... It's a system that is very robust, a system that can be continually added to, and Vulpira for the Horde. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, if they end up becoming an ally race. I mean, I think the thing that I don't want to have happen is to have this turn into like Heroes of the Storm, where there's, you know, 60 different allied races <laughs> that you can choose from. It's just going to be complete. I don't know. I think Here's that's going to get out of control if they release these see too often. They, see if they can justify the, the race joining the Alliance of the Horde. I'm okay with there being a million on each. Purely because the Horde has a lot of races that are associated with them. The Alliance has not as many, but they have a good amount that's associated with them. And I, I like. Why don't they just do a character creator? At but that I point? like the idea. Just do whatever the I hell like you want to do. I like the idea of a player base being dynamic and being different and unique. I think the idea of us. I mean, back in vanilla, it was four on each side. That was it. Four on each side. 
And you usually saw the same race class combos everywhere. I think the idea of having a much more diverse group of players makes the game feel much more alive because it actually does feel like okay there is actually a whole world here and we're all be able to play we're all able to play through that whole world rather than just okay we can only access these sex races per side i think if it's done right it can be done really well what i would like to see them do is if they add more races then put less choice of class for the different races. I, I would disagree with that. I I think I think there sh- there needs to be a good amount of variation on the classes. I think currently Nightborn and Void Elves have the most available classes to that rate to to one of the new races. The Night Elf and the Void Elves seem to have the most. And I think that's a good number that they have. Maybe take one away or add one, but I think the Void Elves and the Night Elves, the Void Elves and the Nightborn have a good number of available races. Now, obviously, they can't suddenly give us Nightborn Demon Hunters, because that wouldn't make fucking sense, and they can't suddenly give us Nightborn Death Knights, because again, that wouldn't make sense. They weren't around during those events. But I think a good option for like Death Knights would be if they're there during those events, if they're part of the lore during those events and would have reasonably been there, why not give us a new night, a new Death Knight race? Yeah, I I don't know. I think that it's. I think one of the things that was cool about like EverQuest and you know Vanilla was you couldn't be certain things and certain um, races could only be shamans or paladins and but you know this is a very different game this has an everquest and it's a very different game from I vanilla know. it's a very different game from vanilla with a very different player base that's the problem yeah now now you got to fucking allow gnomes to be hunters or else people are going to get fucking uh, pissed uh, off you and know upset about you know what's going to piss people off if they don't ever give us gnome druids that's going to piss people off <laughs> gnome, <laughs> gnome druids, druids and torin torin rogues <sighs> okay Shall we move on to reputations? Um, yes. Mists of Pandaria had, Warlords of Draenor had no changes from Mists of Pandaria, sorry. That's what I was trying to say. It was very similar. In fact, they actually removed a system that they had because Mists of Pandaria had a system that allowed you to focus a reputation um, as a star reputation and you would gain uh, focused reputation for that for your daily uh, dungeon and stuff like that. That was removed in Warlords, so they actually had less than Missa Pandaria had. In <laughs> um, Legion, we got the Paragon Reputation System, which you were able to gain reputation after earning Exalted, which would give you rewards like mounts, pets, uh, gold. Uh, I don't know if it gave... Does it give gear? I think it gives gear. Yeah, I can yes, give gear. Can. So it's, it's, it's a nice little system. It's a little ad- addition to it. You just kind of just keep doing content you can get some random stuff so yeah it's not a bad thing it's not an exciting thing but it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. uh, and we have no clue what's going to happen with reputation in battle not a clue not a single idea I mean there's I think that getting more rep per quest would be helpful that or going um, back to uh, mobs giving reputation mobs giving rep I think should definitely be added back I, if I want to sit there and just kill a hundred mobs, let me fucking go kill a hundred mobs. That's all I want to do. I just want to fucking kill things. I think. Give me some rep for that. I th- 
I'm, I'm of two minds of getting rep back from opkills. Whereas, yes, I can, I would do it if the option was there. I don't want to do it, but because the option's there, I would feel like I have to do it. I think, like, look, if it was one rep per mob kill, I would still do that it. That would be better than I zero. I would still do it to grind it out. If it meant I got, uh, if it meant I got a pet or a mount or a recipe for cooking or something, if you're getting. If you have the option of getting 250 times that per one quest, I mean, you would do the quest. Yes, quests. but I, once I was done with the quest, I would then go and just grind mobs. That's the problem. If if I was able to get something faster just by grinding mobs after doing all the quests, purely if it was like a recipe or uh, enchant or, or something that was important for raiding, I would go and do it even if I don't want to, purely to get the item. I've done that in the past and a lot of raiders have done that in the past and it does turn the game into a bit of a grind fest. So that's why I'm in two minds for it because I know there are people that want it, but at the same time, I know I don't want it, but I would grind the fuck out of it because if it had something I needed for raiding, I would have to get it. I think that it's a choice and I don't think it's you're like all It's not a choice players. if you're a raider. It's not a choice if you're a raider. Well... That's arguable as well. Elby says that he likes the tabard system. I think the tabard system was one of the best systems they had, and I that that would completely negate the need to grind something out because you're gaining reputation while you're doing stuff. I completely agree with Elby on that one. I would rather have a tabard system than a mob grind system. What about getting? What about just normally getting rep for killing mobs in a dungeon? Where it's not a grind. Well, that's, it's that's, just the you going that's, okay. that's the tabard system. That's the tabard system. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't I you keep the tab- tabard on and just go kill things in open world? Wouldn't that be the same thing? It, the tabard would use specifically for dungeon rep. Hmm. So you would do dungeons, you would get rep for killing uh, non boss mobs, and then you would get more for killing boss mobs. They could also open that up to open world, and I think that would feel better than the way it is now. But then it would still go back to people grinding shit out. That's my problem with with mobs having rep on them. Some sometimes I just want to go kill a hundred demons. Then go kill a hundred demons, but don't. Inst- but there shouldn't be an incentive for people who rep. are raiders to have to go and do it because, like I said. If you're a mythic raider, especially if you're a mythic raider, you're going to go back and grind that shit. If you're a raider that does heroic and want to be the best you can be, you will go and grind that shit out even if you don't want to. Well, yeah, they added an because infinite... Because had to do that. They added an infinitely scalable artifact weapon and um, artifact knowledge yeah. thing that people are grinding out. Yep. Why don't you just put a cap on it? You know, it's the same thing. But for a rep, yes, there is. It's like uh, yes, you can no do that. You can do that. You can go grind AP until your artifact weapon, you know, a thousand and eight, whatever. I don't. Whoever even knows if there is a cap to it, but like you could do the same thing with reputation, where you could have an unlimited yes. amount of rep that you could get from killing things. It doesn't mean that you have to do it. Yeah, it does. Like I said, if if you're a mythic raider or a hard or a heroic raider who's trying to get everything to be the best it can be, you will go back and do it. 
any raider will tell you this. I I don't know. You will go and do it. That's why Blizzard stopped doing that, because you will go and do it, even if you don't want to, to get everything you can from raiding. If there is something tied behind that reputation that you require for raiding, you will go and do it. People got to learn some self-control. It's not self-control. It's about being the best you can be for your group. If you're a raider, that should be your mentality. mentality and that's what you will do. That's what I'm saying. That's the problem with with that's why I'm of two minds of it. I get why people want it, but as someone who is a raider and has done that in the past, I don't ever want to have to go back to do that. Hmm. Okay. So that's why I'm of two minds of it. All right, let's move on. Yes, professions. This is our last one, people. Yes. Uh, no change from Pandaria except uh, uh, for cooking, where they did remove the way cooking. So if you are uh, if you were a part of Mr. Pandaria and you're familiar with it, it was a system that you focus on way of the fish, way of the salmon, way of the whatever. Uh, you would get specific recipes uh, from those ways of cooking. They removed that. So again, they went into Warlords with less than what Pandaria had. Um, Legion. Uh, we got a profession story chains that were built around you doing stuff around the Broken Shore and uh, in some cases, uh, other areas of the world. In a lot of cases, to, old parts of the world. For the ones I did, you didn't actually go to all other areas. Inscription, herbalism, you didn't have to go anywhere really. For engineering, I had to do an old Hellfire raid. That's engineering though. That's engineering. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, you had to go to uh, places to get uh, recipes, to understand how to actually use the materials around you, uh, and you could level your professions entirely in Legion content. Um, you From 1 all the way up to 800, you could do it in Legion content. You didn't have to do any of the old stuff anymore. In Battle for Azeroth, they are changing the profession system yet again. That professions will level up independently per expansion. So they will be separated from Vanilla, Burning Crusade, all the way through up to Battle for Azeroth. Um, with an overall 100 uh, per, re- per expansion, I believe. Or 75 per expansion, something like that. Uh, and the overall level design will... The overall level four professions will be redesigned to work with this new system. Uh, so I'm very happy about this because rather than having to get my uh, professions up to 875, I now only have to get 75 into, <laughs> into the new expansion. That I'm happy about. That's a lot better than the shit we're dealing with right now. Yep. Um, and first aid will now be tied to tailoring. Or at least that's what it looks like from data mining. We're not 100% on that yet, but that's what it looks like. Hmm. You know what I would like to see? What? If they're, if they're going down the uh, story chain progression for professions again, I want to see them... Re- I, don't, I don't want to see any more five-man or PvP content required to unlock new recipes. Because that happened a lot in Legion. A bit too much for my liking. I just, I, 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 it annoyed me that I had to do a dungeon. And there was a lot, there's people that I know that don't like doing dungeons. They just like doing world quests and they just like running around doing story. But to unlock their professions, which they did like to do, they had to go do dungeons. Hmm. And I think that's a bit unfair. 
don't force people to do content that they don't want to do. I, I think those people are pussies. Fair. I, I did call them pussies a couple of times, <laughs> but I at the same time, I would... At the same time, it's like, eh, I kind of get it. If you don't want to do that, you shouldn't be forced to do that. You know what we should be forced to do? PvP. People would love uh, that. I would be okay with that because I like PvP. <laughs> but the people who don't like PvP will hate that. So I can't even, no one should be forced to do content they don't want I to do. I can't even get people to do one PvP brawl when it has, you know, a million times the normal artifact power tied to it. Anyway, what I want to see from professions is items that consistently offer value, like an auto hammer. Um, because it's nice to be able to have something that continually offers value. Even the um, goblin gliders that were in Warlords of Drainer are still, like, were still useful and used and sold on the auction house in mass when uh, Legion came out. So, goblin gliders have been used since like Burning Crusade. But you could make them easier in um, Warlords of Drainer. You could put basically mass produce them. So, I mean, that's really cool. Like they should continue to do things like that. I mean, the the way that they did gear for professions, it was a nice attempt in Legion, but they need to throw that away and come up with a new system to do gear. Like the whole level stuff up with um, Obliterum and it was just and it never scaled up to like what was good enough that you could get from other content so it's just uh, that was a joke LB can you confirm that because haven't we had goblin gliders for a long time Ugh. yeah have him uh, usually have him Chris usually usually Chris is here to confirm things but he's not here the wide ones were unusable uh, by non-engineers Right. Okay, that's the difference. But we have had goblin gliders for engineers only for a long time. It's just warlords gave us non-engineer oh, ones. Oh yeah, I've okay. been able to put those on my um, cape and be able to glide as an engineer. But you know, since wrath. Okay, okay. Thank you for the confirm. Because usually, usually there's three of us here, so we can bounce ideas. But we need a third person to just confirm yeah. shit for us. Fact checker, LB. <laughs> Fact checker, LB. Okay. So. Um, I mean, in general, I think that, you know, they, they definitely have, they're starting off on a strong foot. They're starting off much better than they did when they were in Warlords of Drainer. So I think mm-hmm. we'll see a lot more systems that are baked and slight iterations off what they were previously. So I think yep. that's why to me, it's not going to feel as different as Legion did, but maybe that's for good reason, since a lot of the things in Legion did work and, um, you know, the experimentation that they're doing is different in um, Battle for Azeroth. Yeah. It goes to what we were saying earlier before we started recording, that Warlords didn't have really have a base to work with. Warlords had a lot of stuff that just wasn't there that should have been. Legion was the experimental, we need this to work to save the franchise kind of expansion. Um, they did pretty much everything that they did in Legion was experiment, experiment, experiment. The vast majority of those experiments paid off. Mythic Pluses paid off insanely well. Scaling contents get paid off very well. Um, Legendaries, not so much. Didn't really work very well. Uh, artifact weapons, they paid off. Um, but there was a lot of problems with it that needed to be iterated on. World Quest, Daily Emissaries, they paid off so well. Um, 
and things like that just oh and just story in general from from legion the the redesign of the leveling and the story system just worked so fucking well with all of that in place legion is is a solid base to move on to battle from because everything is already in place mythic pluses already work scaling content already works world quests emissaries this the general idea for the story system pvp all of that is already in place and works now they can experiment and give us more and that's why i'm excited for battle for azeroth because we're gonna get those experiments we're gonna get those new ideas with the base game already being really good Mm -hmm. any final thoughts other than what we've just said because those were essentially final thoughts (laughs) yeah that that was the final thoughts um don't do that or do that that. uh kevin i have a do that yes i have a do that this week the do that is infuriate your (laughs) guildmates when the raid leader calls wipe you're the worst and you are gonna die and don't have cape so there you um, go. LV does also have a don't do that. Uh, so I'll read off LV's because it's kind of involves you, Mr. Kevin. Um, when wiping on mm-hmm. Coven, don't drop the Gilganeth lightning on the hunter that is feign deathing to res the team, Kevin. And he also <laughs> hopes that uh, both uh, Chris and Gabriel have uh, enjoyed their time off work, which I have. I've had a really good break, LB, so I appreciate your thoughts. You're, you're wonderful. Um, I have a, a do that. I have a do that. Uh, FMOBA has a voice chat option. Join it, because since Heroes brought out his voice chat, I've had a lot of fun in some games and certain games. Don't get me wrong, there's been games where I've hated them and I've just left the voice chat because they're terrible terrible examples of humanity but the games where I've, I've i've spoken to some really nice people were just so much more fun because of it and because you can easily opt in and opt out of the voice chat even mid-game i i i, I love the system it's really really fun so i highly recommend it jump into voice chats if you're in a moba uh like heroes that has the option if they're garbage human beings just leave but if they're not you could actually end up making some really good friends have you found anyone like uh, garbage human beings? Yes, a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that's 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 a great note to end the show. Yes, it is. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for the week. Uh, if you'd like to talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at AzerothCTC. Kevin is at Swingcat with a K. I am at Akari underscore Mag. And Gavril is at Gavril with two eyes underscore ET. You can send emails to the show at feedback at Azeroth. New email address completely screwed me up. Send emails to feedback at azerothctc.com. We got our own email address. Yay. So that's feedback Yay. at azerothctc.com. You can visit our website at azerothctc.com. Uh, shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all those good stuff. We love you. So please do that. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're great. Give us your opinion on what we got wrong or right. And with that, yeah, we were going to have complaints at azerothctc.com. I shot that one down quite quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> And with that, say goodnight, Kevin. Good night.
Bye.